Welcome to MBM's Weekly Training Booster. We are Weekly Training Booster number 10. This week, we're going to be talking about what is the HBDI Home and Brain Dominance Instrument. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Sarah, who's going to ask me some uh, questions to help bring this to life, and I'll do my very best to answer them. Sarah, thanks for joining us this week. Um, great to have you here. Let's start. What, what's, your, uh, what's your question for me on the HBDI assessment? Okay, thanks, Andy. Um, first question, uh, what is the HBDI assessment? Good stuff. All right, so the HBDI assessment, or the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument, is a psychometric test that allows people to understand their thinking preferences. And once they can understand their different um, individual thinking preferences, they can then start to understand and value, become more tolerant of others. So what we've really got here is a metaphoric model of how our brain works taking into account the left and right hemispheres and the upper and lower parts of our brain. And what the HBDI profile effectively says is that each of these four quadrants is responsible for different thinking, decision-making and communicating preferences. Now, the thing with the HBDI profile is there's no better or worse profile, there is no right or wrong. But what it does is allow us to start to understand why we have differences and similarities between different people. Um, and using this model can be truly powerful for, for many, many reasons. Okay, thank you. And, and would you say that it was a personality test or not? No, not at all. So the HPDI profile, unlike others, does not measure personality. Yeah, it also doesn't measure temperament. It doesn't measure intelligence. It just purely looks at our preferences to these four different quadrants. And we can use our whole brain, and that's absolutely critical to remember. We just have preferences. Now we can have a preference to what is referred to as the A quadrant or the blue quadrant, and that's about facts. It's about understanding um, logical, analytical, factual, here and now information. If we then continue around, and I'll bring each of these quadrants to life. So that's our blue quadrant. We move down into the green quadrant or the B quadrant. This is about organization, it's about sequence, about steps and stages. So people with a high degree of preference here, super organized and they can see the steps and the stages required in terms of understanding their individual thinking processes. If we continue around and we move around into the C quadrant, this is the red quadrant. This is about feelings. It's about people's interpersonal skills, their communication skills, and understanding the needs and the wishes of others is super important to those with a high preference here. And then lastly, we've got that D quadrant, that upper right or yellow quadrant, that's about holistic, conceptual thinking it's not about the here and now but it's about synthesizing and uh, integrating with other people in the future and understanding the why of what those thinking preferences look like so um, not about personality more about preferences to thinking and decision making styles okay thank you and oh the HBDI profile, in terms of the quadrants, uh, are we able to utilise every quadrant or are we just limited to one specific? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, and it's a very good question because more often than not, when we are introducing the, the whole brain thinking model, people start to do that pigeonholing thing of you're a red, I'm a yellow, I'm a green, you're a blue. And the reality is we can use all of our brain. Of course we can. It's an incredibly powerful piece of kit. So in those initial stages of understanding and the initial stages of understanding getting our head around the um the profile people do do that pigeonholing stuff you're a blue you're a red you're a yellow you're a green mm -hmm. the reality is we can use all parts of our brain 
we just have preferences to maybe one, two, three, sometimes even all four of them. And it's about understanding those degrees of preferencing, the degrees of preference, not then using it as a limiting factor. Oh, sorry, I can't do that thing. I don't have a strength or a high degree of preference in a certain quadrant. So we use all of our brain and we should never be limited by the preferences that we've got. It's about embracing them. Okay, thank you. And um, out of the four quadrants, which quadrants work best together? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think it's no simple answer. The reality is we naturally gravitate to and get on with certain people. Now, one of the reasons that could be is because maybe they have a very similar preference to our own. So blues will naturally get on with blues, reds will naturally, naturally get on with reds, etc. And that's okay because it's on the same wavelength. Conversation is free flowing, thinking processes are very similar. To take that one step further, I also believe there's a real strong um, connection between those that have different thinking preferences. So certainly from a personal um, relationship point of view, we often find that partners have very different thinking preferences to their, their, their counterparts, because actually some of those analogies of chalk and cheese and opposites attract kick in, in which case they then complement each other. And as they start to build a level of tolerance and understanding for their individual differences, they then can actually complement each other by maybe strengthening up an area that doesn't naturally come uh, as well to them. So um, yes, certain quadrants get on with certain quadrants, i.e. kind of in within the quadrant, but actually also I think people should think broader and wider and allow the different thinking and preferences of others to help complement their own and to work better alongside each other by, by having that level of tolerance and understanding and, and you know, understanding that people bring different perspectives and opinions and that's all okay. And based around that, in terms of organ an organisation, um, do you need all quadrants within an organisation to make it successful? I don't know about making it successful, but I think it would help make it more successful by utilising whole brain thinking. And because we have our different preferences, if you've then got a team that has balance across all of the quadrants, you may have two people in the green, two people in the yellow, two in the blue, whatever that may look like, then actually you've got a real balanced set of thinking going on. We sometimes see that companies or teams can be limited because maybe they are heavily prioritised or heavily preferenced towards one particular quadrant, in which case they may not naturally think into the other quadrants as easily. So, and I often say, people say to me, oh, can we use HBDI as a recruitment tool? Yes, you can. And actually, maybe you need to do the opposite of what you would naturally do. And when you're interviewing someone, you go, oh, I've got on really well with them. We seem to think they feel very naturally, very normal, whatever we define normal as. Actually, maybe you should employ the person that you didn't get on well with, maybe that didn't communicate in the way you expected them to, maybe didn't answer the questions in the way you would have liked them to, because maybe, just maybe, they're coming at it from a different quadrant to your own, in which case they add further balance to the team. Um, so having a balance across all quadrants for a team can be just super powerful, yeah. Okay, thank you. And in terms of uh, when you're under pressure, um, do you think in styles change? they can change. So as part of the questionnaire that you can complete to get your own individual HBDI profile, it also takes into account where you go under pressure, under stress and under duress. Now some people, and we all witness this, some people have those changes in what we would class as their behaviours when they're under pressure 
they might want to go into themselves or they may do the opposite want to vocalize more they may um, become super organized or super unorganized or whatever that may look like so yeah when we're under pressure we can exhibit different behaviors and also some people stay pretty consistent so yeah you see someone who under pressure they just seem to you know, have the same sort of behaviors as they do when they're not under pressure and again this profile explores that because there is no right or wrong there is no better or worse um, we are who we are and this profile just helps us to understand that so yes and no uh, it, it is absolutely individually individually based okay thank you and as a final thought um can you name a few famous people who've completed the test and what quadrant they are yeah, um, I'm going to answer it a little bit differently. So I'm going to bring to life some of the people throughout history. Um, now, these people haven't filled out the Herman profile because um, it wasn't sometimes possible to do that. But we've used something called, or HBDI, the Herman Company, have used something called Proforma Profiling and looked throughout history at some of the uh, standout people to help bring um, potential profiles to life. So if I was to start with the upper right, the yellow quadrant, that's about future. Um, we would find maybe the likes of Einstein are there, Da Vinci, Picasso, those big visionary thinkers, those big people that saw beyond and challenged the norm. Um, and people like that will tend to sit in there. We often see that these people are kind of inventors or entrepreneurs, and that's typical yellow behaviors. Um, if we would come down into the lower right quadrant, the red quadrant, this is about feelings, about people, the likes of Mother Teresa or Gandhi would be in there. Those people that dedicated their lives to caring for others from a very humanitarian point of view. Uh, into our green quadrant, um, a couple of people come to mind. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover was instrumental in founding the FBI. Um, how we look at his profile and understand his set of pre pre thinking preferences, much like Margaret Thatcher was coming from a very organisational, sequential step form point of view and then coming up to our last quadrant that blue quadrant um bertrand russell uh, isaac newton big logical mathematical philosophical thinkers those people that are the absolute um cutting out of kind of science and understanding uh, logic rational thinking from a mathematical problem solving point of view so bertrand russell isaac newton um, would be and would sit in that uh, blue quadrant for me uh, I think for me it's truly fascinating to look at people throughout history and start to understand where they sat um, all with a view to helping people to better understand where they sit in the world and to accept who they are because and as I mentioned before maybe a couple of times there is no better or worse there is no right or wrong the HBDI Herman Brain Dominance Instrument really just starts to help you understand your own thinking communicating um, and decision-making uh, preferences. So thanks for those questions. I, I hope that I've answered them um, uh, you know, in a way that you wanted to hear the answers, but I think moreover, it then brings that to life. So thanks, Sarah. All right, Thank so that's gonna conclude our weekly training booster. We are at week 10, we will continue to do that. Um, we're gonna put in the links today. Um, if you are interested and would like to know more about the HBDI profile, um, where you can find out some more information. And if you wish to take your profile, we'll put that link in there so you can explore that as an option as well. Likewise, any questions or thoughts, please put them in the comments. We'd love to have and continue the conversation around the HBDI profile. So thanks again, Sarah. We maybe see you again in a future video and thanks for watching this week's MBM Weekly Training Booster. Thank you.